Hey y'all, Keisha and Taylor here. Before we get into the podcast, we want to invite you to SFL Conference on July 22nd and 23rd. Registration is open, but spots are limited this year, so be sure to register today. Just follow the link in the description for more information. Faithful with little, take 500. I know, that's what it feels like. So... Just so you guys know, we have tried to record this podcast a few times. One time we we were having like the best conversation. It was, it felt so great. And then we were like, it's not recording. Yeah. So we're learning all the things. And then um, the next time we tried again, and I don't know, did it just stop recording? It did. It stopped recording. And then we were kind of like, oh, I'm glad it just wasn't the same as the first time. But then we loved this message so much that we were like, we're not giving up. No, we're going to push through. And I was Absolutely. telling I was telling David and Wendy about this and kind of what the podcast was about. And David was like, oh, that's definitely the enemy. He does not want that message right. out there. Right. And I'm like, we're going to push through. Exactly. No, I was telling Keisha. So our message today, what we want to talk about is something that we've both lived, but also something that's been like in our lives for a long time, Mm -hmm. just this thought of being faithful with little. Yeah. And, um, I was telling Keish, the very first person who I ever heard take that verse, um, that if you are faithful with little, you will be given much and apply it to something that wasn't just monetary. That was like actually like your house, your situations, the things that you have been entrusted with, across the board, not just money, was Keisha. And um, I remember when when Josh and Keisha first got married, they got this, um, this like rinky-dink trailer house, like a single-wide trailer house that they, I mean, that those people should have just given it to you. Mm-hmm. It looks like way. that. But um, I remember that they took that little rinky-dink trailer and they fixed it up and um, – they lived there proudly and financially secure mm-hmm. for like five years or maybe, I don't know, maybe less than that. But yeah, it, it was like, I remember her saying in that little bitty house that God told me if I was faithful with little and she gets to live that out today. And yeah. I, I would say for you, Keish, like that's a, something that you've lived that people get to watch you walk and it is one of the life lessons that you and Josh, that people can glean from you. So I just want to honor you for that. And um, anyway, so I'm excited. Let's get this conversation started. Well, I really feel like um, at God, there's so many memories in that uh, start of our life and all that we had been through and all that we have been through. Um, that house... Um, we had actually bought, I think, for $20,000, and they gave us the propane tank that came with it because we were a young couple. We had actually already had Peyton, right. and we were buying it to put on his family's property, and um, which they had given us a piece of property yeah. there on their land, and um, that was a big deal for us. Mm -hmm. We had been living with his parents, and we had moved for a little while back to my hometown, which was not for us at all 
And um, we were, honestly, we were just so happy to be back on the ranch. And um, I did, I took that house and I was just excited to be there. We painted everything, mm-hmm. redid everything. Yeah, like stuccoed the walls. Everything. We cute. redid the whole house, made it so cute, paid it off, lived in it mortgage free. Like, side note, I do remember that your house note was cheaper than my car note for my Ford Focus. Yes, it was so. What? It was 20,000 for the whole house. So, yeah. Um funny side note too yeah. <laughs> that we told last time was Jack uh Jack wanted to move out of his parents' house, so we rented him a room in our house. She said, why did we charge him money? <laughs> and then I thought, I remember the conversation that Josh and I had that Josh was like, um, we can't just let him live here for free. He'll live here forever. <laughs> and then he said, we have to teach, we have to teach Jack life lessons that, you know, yeah. if you're going to move out of your parents' house, it costs money, yeah. you know? So anyways, <laughs> Jackson did live with us for a small window. And he'd be like, if you'll go feed the dogs, yeah, he would. He would tell Jack, "Okay, if you'll go do this, I'll take ten dollars off your rent." And his rent was probably like forty bucks. So by like the end of the month, really? He says it was a hundred and fifty. Anyways, <laughs> that was probably half their house note. I'm just kidding. But yeah, they also He's, fed him. Yeah. We would bring him leftovers from our date nights. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, no, uh, the start of our life and the start of what God was doing, you know, seemed little. Like I said, it seemed like it wasn't very much, but it was a very big deal to us then. And um, we progressively, you know, like I said, paid that house off and um, were mortgage free for a bit. And we ended up in that same spot, did like a... Um, what they call a modular home. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was a step up for us. And um, through that time, Josh was um, actually working for and building the company that we own now. And so um, just being faithful in not getting in over our heads, because there were times when we lived in the little single wide trailer and the modular home that we were making a lot of money, like a lot of money. But we have always, always made it a big deal to pray and to ask God, am I supposed to do this? When it came to buying a car, to buying a house, mm-hmm. to having children, everything we've done, we've always been like, okay, God, let our yeses be yeses and our noes be noes. Are we supposed to bro- progress into a bigger house or no? Right. At this time, if God was still, if God still had us in that single wide, if that's, if God would have never said yes, we would just do what, but we're just being obedient to what God said, right? you know? And so we were able to move into the modular home and we lived there for a while. And now, as you can, you know, some of you know, we uh, have been able to build a beautiful dream home on that property and we absolutely love it. But, um, The scripture that really came to mind whenever I was um, studying in for this podcast was Luke 16.10. And it says, if you're faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And I truly, truly so believe that scripture in the fact that 
um, Josh and I were faithful and we were uh, responsible with what little bit God was giving us, not even so much just the house and making it a home and making it a place for my family, but also with money right. and um, being smart with our money and not buying things that we shouldn't be buying and saving. And there was so much to that. that um, but I look back and that was such a... Um, a a spot where we were learning right we were learning how to be married right we were learning how to be parents we were learning how to uh, be business owners and and in that I remember thinking now that we are where we are now could I imagine God giving us everything we have now right then yeah we would have blown it all right every bit of it there's no way we could have withheld uh, two companies, which is what we have now. Um, Josh has a, a third side job. job. Yeah. yeah, side job, which is a lot, takes up a lot of time. Yeah. You know, um, the mortgages that we have now and the the, um, the bulls, we have so many of them. Um, just all that we have now, we would have blown it then because we had not learned the things that we know now. Right. And so we had to go through that process of learning to be faithful with little. And in that little, we learned so much. It got us to where we are now. And um, which brings me to the thought of being choosing to be faithful with what you have now. Right. Knowing that, okay, I may not have the most money or the biggest house or the best car or the business that I want, but maybe, just maybe God is saying, hey, I'm waiting to see if you can be faithful what I've given you right now to see if I can trust you with more. Mm -hmm. You know, that little bit of money I gave you, are you tithing? Right. I I, I just went there. But (laughs) are you tithing? Because that is biblical in the Word of God. It says, clear as day, you know, the first 10%. We tithe, you know. And that just goes, I mean, talking about being faithful with little. When Josh and I got married, Josh was raised in a Christian family that was very, I mean, he knew a lot. I did not. I was my, you know, I did go to church my entire life. My grandma brought me to church and I had, um, went to church camp and stuff, but I didn't, I didn't know about tithing. Right. And, um, I remember when we got married, Josh was like, we're tithing. We're, and I was like, wait, like we can't. And he was like, no, we can't not. Right. And I remember him laying that foundation for our family and saying, this is what we do. This is what the word of God says. We're going to tithe. And I truly believe without a doubt that that foundation that Josh laid in our family of this is what we do, this is what we're going to abide by, has gotten us to where we are now. We were faithful with the very little money that God gave us and tithing our 10%. And if God told us to give, we gave, even when it wasn't easy. And so just choosing to be faithful with what you have now, um, I found this quote while I was studying And it said, small things are small things, but faithfulness with a small thing is a big thing. It's so good. Yeah, and that's by Hudson Taylor. And um, I think it's so important to say, okay, what can I do with what I have now? Right. I think it's so much of a mindset. And what I love about this, like, 
concept is it something practical that people can do now and it doesn't feel practical but you can really look around your life and go okay I want more than what I have yep so something I can do now is take care of what I have I can treat it well I can make sure my house is clean if I don't have a house and I live at home with my mom I'm gonna make sure it's clean you know and what you're doing in that little is you are building character for the more. That's so good. You know, like what you said, you know, you couldn't have, God couldn't have given you more with little character. Exactly. So he uses the season of little to build your character so that you can have the capacity for more. Man, that's so good. Yeah. And so if you are in that place and you're like, man, I have little man, I, I really want more because we all have that like bright lights I want to compare my situation to your situation to her situation and why don't I have what they have and it's always just been a struggle for me and really so much of that is in your chair in the morning in your prayer time on the way to work God I'm going to change my attitude towards this absolutely I'm going to change my thought process and I'm going to be grateful for the little that I have so that I can prepare my heart for more Man, yes, that that's it. That's exactly it. And um, you know, it it leads me to the story of I had wrote down about the fishes and loaves, mm-hmm. and I said the disciples brought what they what little they had to Jesus, and they didn't pretend like it was more. Right. They didn't go into debt trying so to good. make it more and right. then bring it to God. Right. That's so. They good. literally just brought them ex- brought Jesus exactly what they had. They didn't hide. So you know, they didn't hide what they had because they were embarrassed. They just said, Jesus, this is what I have. Right. And what can you do with it? Yeah. And he multiplied it and fed thousands. Exactly. And it's like, don't think that whatever season you're in, God can't use you because right. you don't have enough. Exactly. Because that's not that's not how our God yeah, works. Yeah, God wants to see, are you going to trust him with that little? Yeah, Because exactly. if, you, if you can't trust him with that little, he's not going to trust you with more. Exactly. Yeah. That's so good. And, um, you know, I have found that, um, you know, I look back and I think on, you know, going through all that we've gone through with um, businesses and um, infertility and the seasons of life that we have gone through um, building that character. We were listening uh, yesterday. um, Was it? What was I listening to? I don't even remember. But it was talking about how truly I look back now in those harder seasons in those and in those small, in the small house and the not so yeah. great car and the in the infertility and all the things that I went through didn't only build my character, but it drew me so close to God. So good. It drew me, I was able to really gain a relationship with him that I learned to trust him. Yeah. And he learned to trust me or he didn't learn to trust me, but he began right. to realize that he could trust me yeah. while I was learning to trust him. Yeah. And in that, not only was like, I, like you said, building my character, but um, my relationship with Jesus grew in that time. Right. And that where that's where I was able to live in the moment that I live in now 
with so much wisdom and knowledge and all of the things that I have is because I had to fight to get here. Like I had to go through some stuff, you know, and in that training field and in that battlefield of getting to this point, um, it it was uh, digging deep. Right. Digging in my word in my chair, because no matter what house I was in, I had a chair. Right. And my kids knew when I when they got up in the morning, mom was going to be in her chair and reading and praying and seeking and um, for more. Right. For more. Yeah. You know, and so um, we um, our story is that, you know, we got married. We moved into the shop apartment at the ranch, which was not meant to be a house for people. It was meant to be a bunkhouse. Exactly. So it, and you, and it was kind of DIY feels like in a few spaces. 100%. So it was like, <laughs> why is this door handle this low? Like things like that. It's yeah. just, it's I didn't been, have my hands in any of that. No, it's been funny. Or this window is off center or things like that. But anyways, but that's where we lived and we were grateful for it because mm-hmm. we needed a place to live and we were we were able to live there. Well, then I got pregnant and um, I ended up being very, very sick through my like nauseous through my pregnancy, at least the first half. And uh, I was sick 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Things that smelled good made me nauseous. So we were living in this shop apartment and the feed was housed like in the shop Mm -hmm. so it smelled like feed every time I went home and even inside like you can shut the door and it still smelled like feed and for whatever reason that smell of feed made me nauseous like just want to throw up all the time so I don't know if you guys can sympathize with this but I was living in a place and I always had to throw up like it just made me it was terrible. So I remember in that season, I would wake up in the morning, go to my mom's, stay at my mom's all day, come home just in time to go to bed, like when Kobe got home, and then I would wake up and do it again. So it was miserable. Mm-hmm. And I just remember having this like nice little pity party in the bathroom one time, and I was like, Lord, why are we why are we here, God? Why can't we be moved out of this situation? Like, God, what can you do? Fix this. And I just remember clear as day, God said, Taylor, don't despise the manna. And I just was like silent. And I Mm -hmm. realized that God had performed a miracle in my life. He had given me a place to live when we really didn't at that time have the means to to go out and take all of Kobe's everything that he has and mm-hmm. go buy a place that could house everything that we needed. Like we couldn't do that, but God provided for us. Who am I to be like disappointed or, you know, rude about that? Lord, you you're providing a miracle for me right now. And um in case you don't know what that is, when the when God led the Israelites out of Egypt, he led them into the desert before he went to the promised land. And it's kind of like what you were saying, Keish, about like that was where you learned to trust God was in little. God led them, even though they were slaves in Egypt, he led them into a place of nothing. He mm-hmm. led them into a place of just enough is what the Bible says, that the manna would fall from heaven and they were to take every day just enough for that day. And they were not supposed to take any more and they were not supposed to take any less. 
But every day they woke up and God would have provided for them just enough, just what they needed. And they got through that season and then he was going to take them to the promised land. But because they complained so much Mm -hmm. in that season, they never got to much. Yep. You know, only two people who left Egypt got to the promised land. The rest of them, they were only supposed to be in the desert for like, what, what did it say? Four years or like a year or so. It was very short. short. They spent 40 years in the desert. Yeah. And that was not God's plan. And you think how many of us are stuck in little because we are complaining about the manna. We despise the miracle of God that he's working in our lives. And we cannot be thankful for where we are now. He cannot take us to where he wants us to go. Oh, man, that's so good. Yes. And um, I had wrote down this scripture. Um, Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I speak from need, yeah. for I have learned to be content regardless of my circumstances. So good. And so it's being content with what you do have. Right. You know, pra- you. I feel like I would go as far as saying we have to practice contentment. You do. It's a, it's, it's it is. Bible. It's, yeah. it's Bible. <laughs> it is. It's like, and you have to train it's yourself. So good, you have That's to why train the Bible yourself. Says, Think on things that are good. That is practicing contentment. Absolutely. So good. And so it's like, I I feel like people could say, well, yeah, but you don't know. It doesn't matter. Right. He he didn't say, um, you know. So good. Yeah. He didn't say, well, you know, practice contentment if it's, you know. So let me throw in my other point I wanted to make because it fits right now. Go ahead. Because what you said, you said. People be like, oh, but you don't know. You know what the Bible does not say? That God is fair. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> mic drop, right? That's hard. Yeah. That's hard for people to understand. God loves us all equally. Mm-hmm. The Bible does not say that God gives to all equally. Man, yes. As a matter of fact, the Bible specifically shows that God does not give to all equally what he does is he gives to each of us according to our capacity so according to what we can handle so if you go to Matthew 25 it's the parable of the talents and it says um like verse 14 again it will be like a man going on a journey who has called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them so he's entrusting his wealth To one he gave five bags of gold, and to another two, and to another one. So he's not giving equally. And each according to his ability. So God gives to Elon Musk more because he has an ability that contains more. But what I want, because you guys are probably like, that's really not fair. And I have been brought up in a generation of fairness, and I don't want any part of that God. But what's cool about this parable is that for each person they were given, their multiplication is by the, like by two or whatever. So he gave to each, the person who got five, he multiplied to 10. The person who got three multiplied to six. Mm-hmm. But he says their reward in heaven is the same. So even though Elon Musk I'm just using him because he's the richest (laughs) man on earth and this whole Twitter thing's happening right now. But like, let's say, 
you know, he has all this money on earth. But if he uses his gifts in accordance to the kingdom of heaven, which I'm not saying that he does because I have not seen any evidence for that. Yeah. But I'm saying if he does do that and I use mine, even though I don't have even half of what he has, when we get to heaven, your reward is the same. Our reward is the same. That's How so cool good. is that? Because he says that. this reward, he says to the persons who, these people who've multiplied, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Wow. He says that to the person who multiplied to 10. And he says that again to the person who only multiplied to six. But because they multiplied, they got to share in their master's happiness. Man, that's For so both good. of them. Yeah. And then you go back to the one who did nothing. He was, hit it. He, uh, he, he hid his, it. and God says, okay, even what you have will be taken, taken away, away from you and given to someone who has. And that's why we say God is not a socialist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that verse says, <laughs> he, that verse tells us otherwise. Gosh, it just all of that just goes back to just learning to be faithful what you have now, but just being content. Right. You know, and knowing that God can do whatever he wants right. with what you have. Yeah. You know, and even if it is just, um, you know, I've, I feel like so many people, like you said, are stuck. They're stuck in the little mm-hmm. because they're not content. They're right. grumbling and moaning and mad. And um, they're not trusting God to say, listen, this is where you have me right now. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And then when God is like, okay, we're, let's get out of here. Yeah. I have so much more for you. Yeah. You it's know? a trust game for sure. It's trusting that God knows exactly where I am. It's yeah. trusting that I'll have exactly what I need when I need it. Yep. But you have to also have your place in a position of surrender. Like you have to be right aligned to the kingdom yep. of heaven. I. It's my job to make sure that I am ready for the promotion when the promotion comes. Absolutely. I don't want to be off in the field distracted when God wanted to promote me like yep. the Israelites were, you know, but with contentment and with being faithful with little, like one thing back to the practical side of it, I love like the opportunity, kind of like what you did with your little single wide trailer. You know, you took this house, you're, you're looking at what's in front of you and it's a mess and there's not much to say for it. And you get the opportunity to say, what, what can I bring out of this? Yeah. You know, like what, like the Lord says, You know, we're going to put our hand to it. We're going to possess. We're going to, we're going to create because God has given us the ability to be creative and to, Mm -hmm. you know, build beautiful things. So what can I do to make right now everything that right now needs to be? And I find that to be fun in my own Mm -hmm. life, like to look around and be like, we have storage problems at my house. There's like no closets. What can I do? How can I get creative to yeah. solve that problem, you know, and so there's different things like that or looking at my my time management issues and what can I do right now to fix my problems? Because a lot of the times we think we'll, we'll be better when we have more, mm-hmm. you know, we, we think I only have problems because I'm missing this, this, this and this. 
and God's waiting for you to find the answer for your problems right now because you have. you have it in you. Yep. And you just need to lean on the creativity of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, show me how to be right now what I need to be. And for me, like some of that is like, I need to go buy this. And then I, and then the Lord will be like, no, you have that. Yeah. I don't need the next best. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so sometimes it's checking my own little thoughts that come at me like that. Mm-hmm. But well, and I think what's so like about this, the the sadness for me in this is how many people have never seen the promised land. Right. Like that for me, it just makes me so, so sad because I really, really want people to get a hold of this. Yeah. Like I really want people to get a hold of the fact that so many people never made it. Yeah. And so only two. Yeah. And it wasn't for the lack of God providing or God providing vision and God providing wisdom and knowledge and manna and every single thing they needed. because they had their eyes stuck on Egypt. They had their eyes stuck on the past and what could have been and what it could have looked like. And and they never reached out to where they were headed. And so I feel like maybe some of you are stuck in the past or you're still looking back at your Egypt. You're stuck in comparison. Absolutely. For for women, I would say that's a huge one, you know, well, her, well, when she, of course she can, you know, minister to people and have, do life groups. She has a bigger house. Mm-hmm. No, like yeah. work exactly. with what you that's have. So, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You find know? the answer. Cause find I'm, it's the answer. there. God it laid it on you. It's there. Yeah. And so I feel like it's so, so important to not get stuck in the desert. Right. But to know that this is not where you are is not all that God has. Right. There's always more. There's always um, vision. There's always excitement. Even where Josh and I are right now, you know, as um, I'd go as far as saying as successful as I feel like we are, have been, there's still more. Yeah. There's still more. And I know that, you know, we own two companies and and the job on the side and all the things. Well, we're reaching for multi-million dollar companies right. because I know that God can do and that. And that's biblical. It is. The Bible says be fruitful and multiply. multiply. That's what that that's what that parable is about. God gives you, you multiply. Yep. You don't sit stagnant. Absolutely. You know, just enough is... It that season of just enough is a season for you to learn, you know, I trust in God. Yep. I don't despise that season because it's it's biblical. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's where I need to be right now. Yep. But multiplication when God gives you, that's that's his purpose for our lives. Yep. We always say blessed to be a blessing. Right. And I truly believe that when Josh and I are praying about these companies and as God grows them. That's what we're saying. God, we know that you will do this because we do bless and we do tithe and we Mm -hmm. do um, give to the kingdom. And why wouldn't he? Why? You know? And so, um, yeah, no, I I feel like don't sit in the desert and don't look back at Egypt. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the prize. Right. You know, because he has so, so much more for you. I confidently say if you're listening to this and you are in a place that you feel stuck or you feel there's more. Mm-hmm. There's so, so much more for, for you. For sure, especially and if it's on your heart. Yeah. 
And if all you have to do is uh, find that time to sit with Jesus and, and spend that time in your word and dig deep and find out what you can do with what you have now. Right. And if you like, cause like I said, I like the practical steps. If you, if you like make a list of all the things that you're interested to or all the different areas of your life and write down, what does faithful look like? Yeah. What does faithful look like in my marriage? What's it look like as a mom? What's it look like, you know, as a housekeeper? What's it look like as an employee? Like yeah. maybe it's, I need to be to work on time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or I need to get my kids on a schedule because yeah. that's my life right now. Yeah. We need to do that. You know, I need to do something like for me, I need to be faithful with my husband as far. I mean, I mean, we are faithful. <laughs> I'm talking about like, you know, what can I do to invest in that now yeah. so that it would be better in the future? Absolutely. But um, yeah, so just like as a recap, don't despise the manna. No. The season of just enough just enough is there so that you can learn to trust God. Yeah. A side note. One thing I did learn in my own life is that sometimes I will come out of a season and I'll look back on the character sort of things that, that God has showed me, like, like we talked about, but even like the practical things. Like when we lived at the shop apartment, our living room was upstairs and our kitchen was downstairs. So we had to like form the habit of eating dinner at the t- at the table, mm-hmm. which we didn't have. So I look at that and I'm like, God, that was that was a cool thing that you did. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't like that season, I hated that layout. You know, you brought something good from that season yeah. that we love now and we enjoy in our in our lives now. So I mean, yeah. everything everywhere you are, there's a purpose for that season. Yeah. So just don't despise the manna. I'm choosing to be faithful with what you have. Be faithful with little. Content. Content. Right. Be content. Stay. Practice contentment. Right. So. Well, we love you guys. Yes. This one, I'm so excited about this one. I'm excited for this one to get to you. And for you to really grab a hold of it and do what God's called you to do through this. And I know that there will be so many good testimonies that come from it. So. See y'all next time. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Before you go, don't forget to register for SFL Conference. Spots are limited and going quickly. To secure your spot and for more information, follow the link in the description.